This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Supreme Court has rejected affirmative action in solely race-based college admissions. This means the college admissions process will no longer be like casting for a Disney movie. Amen. The show starts now. I believe our colleges are stronger when they're racially diverse. Our nation is stronger because we use what we, because we are tapping into the full range of talent in this nation. I also believe that while talent, creativity, and hard work are everywhere across this country, not equal opportunity. It is not everywhere across this country. We cannot let this decision be the last word. I want to emphasize we cannot let this decision be the last word. While the court can render a decision, it cannot change what America stands for. Actually, Joe, it's the Supreme Court, so it is the last word. In a huge win for equality, fairness, and true merit, the Supreme Court shot down affirmative action, ruling it violates the 14th Amendment. I know it might not always seem like it, but in 2023, this will be the year we bury woke, and this decision is just another nail in the coffin. Students for Fairness Admissions sued both Harvard and the University of North Carolina, alleging purposeful discrimination towards Asian American applicants, and they won. Now, this doesn't mean colleges and universities can't consider race. They just can't make it the main factor in admissions decisions. Wow, what a concept. Affirmative action is nothing new. It's been around since the late 1970s, but it really hit its fever pitch in 2020 after the death of St. George Floyd, where apparently this country decided that the way to correct tragedy, beyond just looting and rioting, of course, was to make everything about race and white guilt, like somehow punishing innocent, random, and all white people and or those of not color was the way to correct every societal problem. Somehow, the fight for equality got perverted into the demand for special rights, privileges, and treatment. In the last few years, liberals have decided to add the LGBTQ barbecue and biological confusion to the list. So basically, if you are a straight white Christian male in this country, good luck. But things are changing for the better, and the Supreme Court decision will be one of the thousand cuts it's going to take to kill woke forever. Now, don't purposely misunderstand me here. This nation will always fight for equality, diversity, and tolerance. We just hopefully will stop doing it selectively, arbitrarily, and only in ways that benefit the latest liberal social justice tantrum. College is way too expensive and becoming increasingly useless anyway, so maybe part of the way to fix this trend is to start prioritizing, I don't know, academics, education, hard work, and tenacity over skin color, gender identity, and the oppression totem pole erected by liberals for liberals. Maybe we can finally get back to content of character as a home base the way true civil rights leaders intended. Bud Light, Target, affirmative action, we are on a roll and hopefully we'll keep rolling all the way into November of 2024. Let's freaking go. Still ahead, New York Democrats aren't coming for the criminals, but they are coming for your wood-fired pizzas. 
Fairfax County police officers will fight crime with beanbags instead of shotguns. And last but not least, the ladies of The View find the Biden family business of treason, corruption, and deceit to be endearing, heartfelt, and even inspiring. My losers of the week are next. Liberals ruin everything. That's just a fact, and their cooking coup is just another example of that. In an effort to fight climate change, New York City's Department of Environmental Protection has proposed a rule change that would require pizzerias with coal and wood-fired ovens installed before 2016 to cut carbon emissions by 75%. These restaurant owners would be required to install an emission control device plus hire an engineer to inspect said emissions. And those devices, yeah, they aren't cheap. But so-called environmental justice groups don't care as they assert it's wood and coal-fired stoves that are polluting the New York City air. Yeah, they are serious. You know, I spend quite a bit of time in New York City and the air is indeed disgusting, but it's not thanks to pizza ovens. It's thanks to copious amounts of sidewalk urine and plumes of weed smoke. And I'm not sure why this is such a big deal to liberals given they still have such an affinity for masking. I guess their precious face diapers aren't effective at protecting against COVID or the reckless smell of a functional cooking method. Liberals, man. Imagine if they wanted to regulate criminals, thugs, and felons like they want to regulate gas stoves and frickin' pizza ovens. Why fight crime when you can fight pepperoni, cheese sauce, and weather, am I right, New York? Losers. On to my second selection this week. More regulatory geniuses out solving literally zero problems. Let's journey to Fairfax County, Virginia, where officials have swapped out bullets for beanbags. Yes, police in Fairfax County used to equip every police cruiser with a 12-gauge shotgun. But now officers will now have a less lethal and more feel-good option, a beanbag-propelling gun. And guess what? Just in case criminals, thugs, and victimizers were to look at these beanbag guns and get the wrong idea, the words, Less lethal are stamped right on the side in bright orange. What a feel-good moment. Nothing says crime deterrent quite like a beanbag shotgun. They will really come in handy if a pillow fight gets out of hand and officers have to step in. I wish this was a joke, but no, it's the real deal. Beanbags, how cute. But speaking of cute, I guess that's how the ladies of The View feel about tax evasion, illegal firearm possession, cocaine addiction, and pay-to-play kickbacks for the big guy and his son, because they sure do find the Hunter and Pop-Pop Joe Biden scheme to be nothing more than fatherly love at its finest. Watch. The Hunter Biden story, the scandal, the this, the that, it's also the story of a father's love. And Joe Biden has never and will never give up on his son, son Hunter, and will never treat him lesser than. And so he is a father first. Take it or leave it. (laughs) Covering up a massive bribery and pay-to-play scandal wherein our national security was allegedly bought and sold to enrich Hunter and his paw, really, it's just a tale of a father's love for his son. Just when you think the ladies of The View have said and spun it all, they send in Anna Navarro with the mental gymnastics performance of a lifetime. It's an art form, really. And those are my losers of the week. But still ahead, we have a Republican governor here in Tennessee, but when it comes to fighting for our rights, our values, and our children, Governor Bill Lee has no backbone. But I've got country star John Rich, and he joins me next. He's calling it all out. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? 
you need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So in August, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee is expected to convene a special legislative session to revise and rebrand our state's order of protection law. Now, what Lee is trying to do is usher in red flag laws under the guise of gun safety. But what he's actually aiming to do is push the General Assembly to pass a law creating a process for judges to allow for the removal of firearms for those deemed a threat. He's strong-arming Tennesseans into gun infringements, and he's doing it right under our noses if we won't notice. But that's not all on the list of Bill Lee's failures. Despite purporting to be against child indoctrination and sexualization, Governor Lee has still failed to go the extra mile to keep these filthy books out of school libraries. Joining me now to discuss that and so much more is country star and our friend, unapologetic patriot, John Rich. John, there's a lot going on in Tennessee. So a couple months ago, we were all really excited because it was like, all right, no drag queen sexy dancing for kids. We're not going to do any genital mutilation for minors. And then in the last couple of months, and then as, as recent as this week, the second part of that is struck down. So now Tennessee, which we thought was fighting for all these things, basically back to square one. Where do we go from here? It's shocking. It truly is. I mean, because if you look at the constituents of Tennessee and how they vote and what they care about, it's like high 70 percentile, 78, 79, that don't want any of those things you just mentioned. I mean, none of them. Uh, so I, I don't know why the governor is making these decisions, but, you know, on the other side of that fence is all of us. What are we going to do about it? You talked about the red flag law uh, that he's trying to rebrand. That's their phrasing. We mm -hmm. need to rebrand a red flag law so Tennesseans will support it, as if we're stupid enough to go for some rebranding campaign. We know what it is. So... What I'm finding is that a lot of Tennesseans aren't even aware that this is going on. Some of my good friends who are really in the know and they keep up with stuff. I said, you see Bill Lee's trying to pass a red flag law? And they said, he's trying to do what? This was like last week. So I realized a lot of Tennesseans have no idea this is even happening right now. They're having summer sessions where the governor's peeling off three or four legislators at a time, bringing them into his office. I don't know what he's telling them, but he's trying to get this to pass. So... I got with the TFA, the Tennessee Firearms Association, and we had a, had a chat about this situation. And I said, listen, the main thing is, is that Tennesseans know this is happening so they can weigh in with the people who represent them. So we started a campaign called Red Flag Down. If you go on Twitter and put hashtag Red Flag Down, you'll see thousands of people now posting throughout the state of Tennessee pushing back against, against this action. Um, we have to do that and blow the sirens and blow the horns. You made a good point when it says they can take away guns from people who are who are considered a threat or deemed a threat. Well, who gets to deem that? Right. Who gets to decide who's a threat and who's not? That's the problem. This would take away all due process um, with somebody with a firearm. For instance, your next door neighbor could say, I heard my neighbor yelling and fighting in his front yard, or I heard him say something, and he seems unstable to me. And I'm pretty sure he owns guns, so I'm calling in a red flag on my next-door neighbor. They can then show up unannounced, take this man's weapons, put him through a mental evaluation, and then the state will decide whether he gets his weapons back or not. This is what's at stake in our state. And by the way, if this passed in Tennessee, we would only be the second red state to have an active red flag law. The other one is Florida, right? which was put into effect by Rick Scott back in 2019, which needs to be done away with. DeSantis needs to get rid of that. But it's still there for the, for the moment. So we can't let this happen. Red flag down is where people need to go. 
So there's a big misconception about red flag laws, and I think part of it is an education problem because most Americans, even conservative, Second Amendment-loving Americans, they hear, oh, well, we should be able to take guns away from crazies like the trans who shot up the Covenant School. That seems like a good idea. But it's actually the process of what you just detailed, wherein somebody can use it for a revenge or a vendetta against somebody, take away their right to bear arms or Second Amendment rights and privileges, and then they have to then go and try to argue to get those back. The reverse of what our Second Amendment is actually supposed to stand for. But I don't know if we're doing a good enough job of explaining that to even Tennesseans. And that's why I'm afraid that Bill Lee will be successful here. But I don't know who he answers to, really. Because it doesn't, doesn't seem like he answers to Tennesseans, maybe Nashvilleans, because Nashvilleans yeah. are Democrat, but the rest of the state, I don't know how well, he thinks he's going to get away the, with it. So the state constitution of Tennessee is is very different than most state constitutions. It actually gives the governor extreme authority, like I mean a lot, like you could almost say a king of Tennessee, pretty close. So he's got a lot of things he can do, and that's why Tennesseans have to call their representatives from their districts and email them and call them and say, if you vote for this, you will not be reelected in 24. You're out if you vote for this. We'll run somebody else against you and knock you out. That's what has to be known. You know, we still don't have the manifesto of that shooter of Covenant School. And don't you think it would be a benefit to everybody out here, whether you're left, right, or in the middle, to know what was going on in the mind of this person and why, why they did this? The, why do you think the school wants to keep it? Because it's the well, school that's trying it to is the school. this, which is I, shocking to a lot I of people. Don't, I don't know why, and I don't think any of us do, but I will tell you that mass shooters, including Parkland and other places, uh, when their manifestos came out and they dug that into them, guess who was aware of these shooters before they did the deed? The FBI, mm-hmm. uh, Homeland Security, all kinds of big three-letter agencies already knew about these people, and they did it anyway. So you're telling me a red flag law is going to stop something that the FBI itself won't stop? I mean, it's total nonsense. So the citizens of Tennessee go to red flag down, hashtag start posting it, start digging into it. There'll be a lot of content we're going to put out uh, in the next week leading up to this to this vote that's going to happen. And the main thing we can do is pressure the people that represent us to not vote for this or it's going to cost them their seat. You're right about that, but there's more to be fought for in Tennessee because now you've mentioned before, and I know that you're on a crusade for this and you've really brought this to light for a lot of people, but there are states that have said we're not having dirty books in our school libraries. Ron DeSantis has led that charge in Florida. Tennessee has yet to do it. Other states are working to try to get these books out, much to the you know dismay of liberals that want gay sex in schools. But Tennessee still has failed to do that. So where are we in that fight? Because it's another one that's important. So as I was looking at that situation, I, I really got acquainted with it in early 21, end of 20, early 21. And I thought to myself, this can't be legal. I mean, it can't be legal to expose kids to the kind of books I'm looking at here, the, the pictorials of, of kids having sex with each other, reading these narratives that are so explicit. I mean, it's they were so mm-hmm. bad that when the parents would read them at a board meeting, that would kill their microphones. He said, you can't say that. It's going out over broadcast, over public television. You can't say that. And I went, can't say that, huh? Why is that? I bet it's in violation of the FCC. And so I go look up the FCC standard when it comes to the obscenity on the airwaves, on radio stations, or on television stations. And when you go read that, it is very clear that you're not allowed to put those things on for fear of a minor might be listening or might be watching the TV at that particular minute. So you get kicked off of the television. You get kicked off of the radio waves if you do that. 
Beyond that, there's already a federal statute on the books. It is a federal crime to expose people. I have it right here. Can I read it? It's yeah. already in the books, already precedent. We don't even need a new law. Uh, Section 2422 of the United States Criminal Code. The federal enticement statute targets the sexual grooming, that's their word, mm -hmm. of minors. The statute's focus is on the intended effect on the minor rather than the defendant's intent to engage in sexual activity. In the case of USA versus Chambers, Chambers was convicted of violating the federal enticement statute. The Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals noted that child sexual abuse can be accomplished by several means and is often carried out through a period of grooming. Okay, there's people in federal prison right now for doing the things that we're seeing run rampant in our schools and in our streets and, and some of the things they're putting in front of these kids. It's illegal, Tommy. It's already illegal. Right. Just nobody's enforcing the law. So as citizens, we have to stand up and start forcing them to enforce the law or kick them out of office. You know, that's, that's pretty incredible. So I made a speech to the Tennessee legislature in 21, early 21, and I cited that exact case and the FCC rules. Well, it sparked Bill 1944 in Tennessee, and I was like, yes, we're going to get something done about it. And then Bill Lee and, and his summer session people or whatever they did, put it off to the side, put it off, put it, and now it's just gone. It never passed. So I thought I got beat. I thought it was over. But Moms for America, which I know you're well aware mm -hmm. of, everybody should check them out if you're a mom especially. Moms for America reached out to me and said, we saw the speech. Can you send us the transcript? Sure. I sent it to them. They started taking it around to attorney generals in various states in the U.S. and go, read this speech. Look at what John's pointing out right here. State of Texas takes it. The AG takes it. And he goes, the FCC standard. He goes, yeah, if you can't read it on a radio station or show those pictures on TV, why can you do it in a classroom? You can't. So they actually wrote a law. It passed the House, passed the Senate, and the governor signed it two weeks ago. It is now the law in mm -hmm. the state of Texas. It's now on the governor's desk in Louisiana as well, and other states are coming on board. So I hope this wraps itself back around to Tennessee where it started, and we also get it done here. What do you think the motivation is for Governor Bill Lee to kill all these things that he grandstands like he supports but then, as you mentioned, he kind of goes behind the scenes and kills them or he advocates for a red flag law. What do you think the motivation is behind that? Well, I mean, it's, it says clearly in Scripture, you will be known by your fruit. You know, the plant is not known by, by its roots or by its limbs. It's known by the fruit that it bears. And so I would say it's a terrible comment on him. I mean, he's the most powerful guy in the state. He knows these things are going on. He has been on record saying he opposes them. They're terrible things. He's not going to allow this to continue. Yet here we are in 2023, heading to 24, and they're still here. It's a terrible comment on him. And, and it's, a, it's a tough thing for constituents to see that because we see somebody that looks like the real McCoy. They talk like the mm -hmm. real McCoy. You go, yes, we're going to have a really great governor. And then he walks in and does these things. It's very disheartening. Last thing I want to ask you about, and this has been a couple weeks old now, but since I've got you, I need to get your take on it. <laughs> I know that you made a comment about Garth Brooks. He said he's going to serve Bud Light because you go into his bar, you got to love everybody, blah, blah, blah. He doubled down on it. Mm -hmm. We know that he performed for the Biden inauguration. I mean, that soured me on Garth Brooks long ago. But you made a comment he can do whatever he wants, which I agree with. Yeah. But as far as this whole Bud Light boycott that is still going, by the way, that's still not petering out. I mean, it's still going strong. No, it's stuck. What do you think the future of this is? Do you think 2023 will be the year that we kill woke? Or is it going to be the other way around? Because I see some positive momentum, 
But then, you know, they're always coming up with new things. So I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't think you can kill it, and I don't think I can kill it, but I think the general public can, and that's what you're seeing with Bud Light. You know, when Garth talked about, I'm, I'm still going gonna, gonna to sell all the beers. He didn't say Bud Light specific, but I'm going to sell them all, and that's what he was talking about. And my comment was, well, do, you know, do your thing, man, but I can tell you that right across the street and all, all around you, they're not buying it. Bud Light was the number one beer at Redneck Riviera from the day we opened back in right. 2018. It was by far number one. And when that whole thing broke, I called my general manager, and he goes, what do you want me to do, get rid of it? I said, no, don't get rid of Bud Light. I said, keep it and let me know how, how it's selling. I want to know if people are still wanting to buy it. You mm -hmm. know, I'm going to give them whatever they want to purchase. They're the customer. Seven or eight days roll by, and it goes from number one beer that we had, and we sell a lot of beer. You've been there. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of it. Went to zero. Nobody would touch it. You could set them out on the bar for free, and they would just they would just shy away from it. So after a week, I told him, I said, call the distributor, tell them to come pick it up. We got to put something in here they're going to purchase. And that's what they did. 118 cases of Bud Light and eight kegs that hadn't been tapped yet. And they took them out, and we haven't missed a nickel of income. People have just moved to Yingling, or they're moving over to other brands and finding, finding things that, that haven't, in their opinion, betrayed them. So Garth may find out that you can stock it, but they may not buy it. But that, that's up to him. I, I think it's uh, when you talk about him singing for Biden at the inauguration, and there, there's a lot that, that goes into that. I mean, Garth is obviously, he's fine with those things. And, and it's America, you can be fine with those things, but the customer is king especially down on Lower Broadway in Nashville. They decide who wins and who loses. And beyond that, when you talk to these distributors, what did they say to your general manager when you said, hey, come pick this up? I mean, it's sad yeah. because we look at this and we know that it's not the distributor's fault. No. It's not the employee's fault. I, a few weeks ago, I had a recently laid off Bud Light employee that told me that, I mean, things are really bad. There are yeah. layoffs on, on, on the horizon, even more so. They're not producing it. They're not running the plants 24-7 as they used to. It does mm -hmm. make us feel badly because we don't want the workers to suffer, but I still feel like we have to still dig in and we can't back down on this. I'm glad you brought that point up because there are a lot of patriots that work with Budweiser, a lot. I know a bunch of them. They've, they've supported Folds of Honor in a massive mm -hmm. tens of millions of dollars kind of way with Folds of Honor. I mean, I know a bunch of them. But when you let somebody into your company who's an ideologue like the woman that they hired, what do you think you're going to get? She didn't come in there to sell more beer. She came in there to plaster her ideology on, a, on an American iconic brand, and that's what she did. You know, you got to be careful who you're going to bring in the building. And they brought in a hand grenade, and it went off. And so, yeah, there's a lot of people, distributors, salespeople, that are just getting their butts kicked right now, and it's to no fault of their own. But the American people have spoken. Listen, this is a silly subject about a beer. I hope they step up next and talk about serious subjects. You know, we've got this movie Sound of Freedom coming July 4th about child trafficking. How about go out and push as hard as you did against a beer? Why don't you go out and push as hard against that? That's right. what I'm hoping that attitude stays alive and gets bigger. Or maybe win an election. That would be nice. Be nice to I mean, win I look one, at yeah. it and I'm thinking, we can tank Bud Light, but we can't win an election? Yeah. I hope that that's not true. I hope that we have found our voice and we're gaining ground. I would hope that that would be the case, but unfortunately, it seems like conservatives have this horrible problem with getting really angry about things, but then when it translates into change, we drop the ball. So, Or we vote for people who we think are actually going to do it, and then they don't, like Bill Lee. Right. I mean, so it's just like you're banging your head into a wall. 
you know, it, it's a very aggravating thing, but it is, it is hopeful to see Americans start pulling together and go, enough is enough. And actually, there's a lot of independents, and there's even Democrats that are sick of it. I have a lot of friends who are Democrats, and they're, they're also really sick to their stomach about a lot of the things they see going on. So let's, let's hope they stick in there and work together. Last thing for you real quick. Is there hope for 2024? Are Republicans going to win in 2024? What, what chances would you give it that we win, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or somebody else? I think the worse things get in this country, the better the chances are in 24. Now, that's, that's a hard thing to come to grips with because they're pretty bad right now. But there's a lot of bad things. China hasn't moved yet. We haven't seen all kinds of, we haven't, we have the banking industry that's wobbly right now. That hasn't, nothing's happened there yet. I think uh, the worse things get, the more they're going to be looking for somebody that can make it stop, somebody that can try to reverse it. You know, we know that Biden and his whole family's tens of millions of dollars now uh, compromised. Our whole country's compromised to our enemies. And that's why you don't see anything happening. Nobody's going to stand in the way of the Chinese balloon. Right. He just said on the news the other day, we don't support uh, Taiwan's independence. Okay. Well, we all knew that. I mean, we, right. when you get that kind of money, yeah, you're not going to go fight the guys that have been paying you. And, and even worse than the money, who knows what else they've got on these guys. So the country's compromised. People are waking up to that. And uh, uh, I've always said unity will happen when the pain threshold gets high enough, when everybody's feeling the same amount of pain at the same time going, make it stop. Somebody can make this stop. That's when I think we'll see change. It's unfortunate, but you're right. And that's what it's going to take. I mean, 2022 is bad. We still didn't win like we thought we were going to win. But Maybe by the time 2024 rolls around, it'll be even worse, and yep. somebody will have to come in and change it. In the meantime, hug your family, hang out with your friends, celebrate your freedom, celebrate the 4th of July, live your life. Don't, don't get a scowl on your face. Don't read, don't read the news too much. Check in and then check out. Get away from it because it'll, it'll mess your head up, as you know. But um, go live your life and, and be serious uh, about how you want your future to look and do something about it. That's a great closing note. Uh, happy 4th of July. Will you be at Redneck Riviera for the 4th of July? I will actually be in Maine. I'm going way up north. I'm taking my wife and two boys way up north, get out of the heat for a minute. And we'll actually be sitting there looking at the looking at the water in Maine. We're going to go to Concord and Lexington, see where Washington was, and we're going to do those kinds of things. So I'll be gone during the 4th. Well, there'll be a lot of people at Redneck Riviera having a good time drinking hot uh, Bud Light. Fireworks up on the roof. I love it. Get your tickets. Get a table. Thank you always for being such a, a voice for this. Not a lot of people in country music doing it, and you're doing it. And the last thing I do have to ask you, I know that you have a new song coming out. Yep. When does that drop? It offended. will be out in early August. It's called I'm Offended. I love and it. I it heard is it the funny. other night. Oh, it is hilarious. And the video is hilarious. And I can't wait to, I was going to put it out in July, but I've been touring a lot. So I'm, I'm going to wait just a second. I wanted to put out something hilarious because nothing is funny right now. Nothing. Everywhere I look, it's not funny. There's nothing that puts a grin on my face. I went, you know what? I need to put out something that everybody just laughs and has a cocktail and goes, okay, that's funny. We need a little bit of that. So it's coming in August. It is hilarious. I can attest to that. And I'm <laughs> sure it's going to be a number one, as all of your songs have been. Thank you, as always, for being here. And happy 4th of July. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Democrats in Michigan are taking their hatred of free speech to the next level with a bill that could put you in jail for up to five years for making someone feel terrorized, frightened, or threatened with words. My final thoughts are next. Michigan Democrats want to be able to put people behind bars for years for making people feel bad. Sticks and stones might break your bones, but liberalism is the nastiest disease of all. And I've got some final thoughts. 
If I told you Michigan Democrats wanted to criminalize speech that makes someone feel threatened, you'd probably think I was spinning a far-fetched conspiracy theory. But no, it's real. And Michigan's Democrat House not only put up this bill, but it passed the House this week and is on its way to the Senate. So Lord help y'all in Michigan if it gets by the Senate because you know damn good and well this wench will sign it. HB 4474 is exactly what it sounds like, a censorship bill to police free speech that makes people feel threatened. Let's be honest, criminalizing mean words is a liberal's wet dream and it's come to life in Michigan. I mean, just look at the text of this thing. This bill would make it a hate crime to cause someone to feel terrorized, frightened, or threatened. I mean, damn, sharing spaces with unbathed, unfettered, half-dressed, and full-blown liberals makes me feel threatened and my eyes literally are assaulted, but I'm guessing I wouldn't have a grievance claim here because this bill is designed by liberals for liberals and has a special emphasis on protecting gender identity and expression from scrutiny. And while Democrats won't put thugs, felons, Bidens, or Clintons behind bars, breaking HB 4474 could result in a $10,000 fine plus five years in prison. You know, we've got Americans getting pushed off subway platforms, gunned down in the streets, trafficked by criminal organizations, and more. But Michigan Democrats want to throw the book at you for misgendering and or hurting someone's feelings. Do y'all see the consequences of our elections? This Michigan bill is a real thing and it's already passed one chamber can very well become law. I wish this was a joke, but it's a real threat. The meek are inheriting the earth, but not in the way God intended. In this case, it's the weirdos, the green hairs, the communists, and those who don't know what bathroom to use. Let's just imagine a world where Democrats and liberals wanted to police anything as much as they do climate change, kitchen appliances, and words. God help us. Or, I guess in the words of our esteemed leader, Joe, God save the queen, man. Those are my final thoughts. Be sure to like and subscribe us on YouTube at OutKick from Nashville. God bless and take care.